Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. It is the 14th of July and this is a podcast that I recorded right in the middle of COVID, so probably about six weeks ago now. Um, and this is the last of the backlog of ones to be released. So we're going to have to come up with a new series uh, and I'm pretty sure what I'm going to do, but I'm going to make a few announcements about that. Um. Today's guest is Una McGuinness and she's been in recruitment for over 20 years. She managed and set up multiple offices um, for the company Aspire that she worked worked for for many years and she got right to the top of that organisation and has since set up her own advisory service where she helps companies with their marketing and strategy and everything to do with uh, the scalability side of recruitment and we had a bit of a chat about remote working on this and I know it's quite topical and it's probably done to death but she's done it for years and why I wanted to interview her was because she's managed proper large sales teams and she's done that remotely and I think in a time when we're all figuring it out, there's probably some lessons learned that we could uh, get from Una. So I hope you enjoy this one and we will be back with more podcasts very soon. Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. We have the lovely Una McGuinness on the podcast today. How are you today? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. That's a very organised shelf you've got on the back uh, there. Yeah, this is a proper, proper study. Yeah, that's uh, yeah the old bookshelf. It sort of separates the room, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a. I'm lucky to have a kind of proper office which I can retreat to. So you are in the south of Spain. Yeah, well, I'm in um, between Alicante and Valencia, so. Not, not quite southern Spain um, and uh, yeah have been here for about uh, 14 years I think it is now we only came for a year yeah <laughs> and, and in terms of remote working you're out of the closet now you're here yeah absolutely I've worked remotely um, for well since since I moved here I, I, I never not worked I haven't never ever not worked apart from when I had um, children so um and, and had maternity leave so yeah absolutely i've um i've been the one championing remote working and obviously when you manage remote offices and in different parts of the world yeah. everyone's remote kind of thing so um yeah yeah i've really made it i've really been able to make it work for me um, can you give me like what was the size and scale of the operation that you were running when you when you went remote and from the point that point to the point when when, when you sure, left. sure. Yeah, I was a director um, of it was then PFJ, um, and um, I had been a director. I think good question actually, probably for about I was a director when I was twenty nine. That's probably probably about four or five years, and um, the operation was probably about forty people, forty consultants, um, and then I went to see um, the CEO one day and said um, I'm, I'm moving to Spain, um, and so he said right, okay, does that mean you're resigning? And I said, no, I think we can make this work. Um, and so I, um, I moved to Spain and we had a sort of six month review. Um, and it was, you know, the sort of best six months that the sort of operation in London had, had ever had. Um, yeah. I had a great management team and it, it um, yeah, and it, and it worked really well. Unpack that for me. How did that, why did that work well? 
we, I did have, as a kind of operations or sort of sales director, I had a sort of ops team, which I'd grown and developed. Okay. So I had a sort of four, four man management team that were um, very sort of capable. Um, and obviously my role was um, looking after sort of all the direct, all, all, all the kind of operations and, and managing the P&L. So I wasn't day to day managing consultants. And um, so um, I had the management team, so we were able to organize ourselves. And I, for, for quite a number of years, I flew weekly. I commuted weekly. So I had a presence every week, sort of, you know, two, three days, well, probably three days um, a week. So I was still very present. And actually the internet and, and, you know, this kind of comms was nowhere near as good as it is now. And um, so I think I made that sort of presence and, and I did, you know, and I did the commute basically. And what about from a data perspective? Like, Back then, were you able to just pull everything up? Yeah, we we had a um, we were always really, really, and I and I and I have always been really sort of data driven, and and that that is a really key thing you've got to get right if you're not necessarily just managing remotely or managing people working remotely or managing remote teams. You've got to be able to have sort of foresight in terms of what's happening. So we built a sort of system whereby we were looking always looking at on all the key activities, and I would be able to and looking at the ratios. And I'd always be able to predict on a sort of four and um, six and 13 week what our revenue plan would look like. Because once you start to get, you know, multiples for heads, it's very hard to kind of really predict with a very small team. But once you start to get 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 consultants, you know, you can really sort of predict then and um, exactly based on, you know, the sort of activities and, and based on what the business is doing in terms of new jobs coming in, candidates registered. Um, and first interviews are the kind of key ones on scale um, to be able to, you know, be able to, I would know, I'd be able to predict per quarter what, what, what level we were billing at and what was the net fee income. Okay. And during that time, you were launching offices as well as, as, as just running the, the ones that you'd cultivated. Sure, sure. We, um, I had my, I think it was my second child when the my CEO launched our Singapore office. And then when I came back, I sort of took that office. There was only two people though. So then I took the office and grew that. And we grew it to about, it was about a dozen, I think, a dozen 14 or something like that. Um, and I also launched an office in Hong Kong and then I um, managed the Asia. So we sort of slightly reorganized things slightly and, and I had someone in that, that sort of took over more of the day-to-day of London. And then I focused on the Asia offices and, um, and sort of new projects really. And then I also took over all of our um, marketing and all of our branding. So we went through a big rebrand project. We used to have five different brands and um, I sort of said one day, this is bonkers, five websites five letterheads well we had letters in those days <laughs> we used to send invoices I think um, and so um, so yeah so 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 my job you know the my job and, and, and responsibilities changed a bit but yeah launched those offices fantastic um, and now you offer this 20 odd years of experience to mm-hmm. other recruitment leaders and um, it must be an interesting time to be a, a coach NED advisor in a good market, everybody thinks they know it all. In when when there's a crash and all of a sudden people have to learn how to work remotely in a bad market. Probably a lot of young people that haven't faced adversity before in their career. Yeah, absolutely. What what are you hearing from the from from the marketplace at, at the moment? What's the key challenges? I think um, people have had to. Um, 
be adapt, adapt to be, you know, be really truly agile really quickly, haven't they? Because one day they were all in the office together and the next day they weren't. So I think initially those sort of just challenges of getting people set up remotely and all of that kind of thing w w was, was key. I think a challenge when you, when you have to um, manage a business through that kind of change is obviously always the communication. So, you know, why you're making the decisions you are, what's happening in the business, how open you can be about sort of, you know, the decline or the, or the drop off in, 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 in activity and roles and, and, and obviously business because, you know, you want to be honest, but you also want to protect, you know, your sort of workforce as well and, and, and don't keep them awake at night. <laughs> so I think, so communication, Communication definitely, getting them to set up, obviously the, the sort of whole furlough situation, which I think has been fantastic, um, but now it's, set, it's presenting a new set of challenges in terms of at the end of July, you know, how will that blended sort of um, work, folks work, you know, bringing people back maybe on a part-time basis. There is, I think, some companies it's challenging because there's become a bit of a them and us culture, the people that stayed working and the people that have had a holiday. Um, and so, um, and also I think, you know, the sort of key challenges with, with any, as I said, with, with any business is that you do become a little bit removed from the day to day because you're managing, you know, sort of strategic projects and bigger things. And so you should be, because unless you're having your eye on the goal and the sort of other projects, you're not going to drive your business forward, but you've got to very quickly reverse and get right under the skin of the business very quickly. Do you see what yeah. I mean? Um, to, to kind of know exactly or have um, the right sort of impetus and information to be able to kind of make those sort of decisions. Do you think we've got best practice in how recruitment managers can manage senior consultants and consultants remotely yet? Are you seeing anything out there that you're like, it's very hard to replace exactly what happened in the office and go and remote? Yeah. Yeah, I did, um, when, when all this first happened, I did a couple of sort of training sessions with some of my clients and then a couple of other recruiters that, that I offered it to, which was, yeah, managing teams remotely. Mm. Um, and I think that um, you're right. It's, if you're the sort of manager that, that managed very much on a kind of, you know, um, listening to what they're saying, coaching them and, and sort of day to day like that, you know, you're sitting together. It's very, very different if you've sort of, you know, you've got to learn new skills because you can't be calling them up every two minutes saying, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, so I think you've kind of got to, you know, you've got to, I suppose, bring up the, the, your management skill based because, you know, managing to, uh, remotely is a much harder, I think, you know, I've done it and it's much trickier to manage remotely than it is with your team all together. Because if you see John in the corner, he's not having a great day, you go and have a chat to him, you say, let's grab a one-to-one, -one. what's happening, talk, talk me through your challenges. Well, you can't see that if they're at home. Yeah, you know I, 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 mean? I, I agree. The, <laughs> the only piece I would say that I think I find with running remote teams is uh, you don't like in, in an office sometimes when, you, when you're constantly repeating yourself mm. recruiters can get apathetic about yeah. the message you're giving if you're only speaking to somebody once a day directly you can really like communicate yourself in a way that is like it, the message purposeful is meaningful yeah yeah absolutely and sort of gets through and i think people can sort of um, yeah, I, I, I concur. When I obviously managed the Asia offices, I had a, you know, a, a director in each office and our sort of weekly one-to-ones um, were so important, you know, in terms of, and I do a lot of prep before, as would they, but to make sure that kind of hour that we spent together was really going to get to, you know, what they needed from me, what, what, how I could help and support yeah. what was happening and also 
a bit of a, you know, obviously the, some people the, need a bit, just a bit of a chat in terms of how are the they. Guy, the guy who founded Ryan, I can't remember his name, something Ryan, um, he calls that bird shit management. Mm. Flies in, <laughs> drops it on everybody, flies out. And I, mm. I thought, and it, it sounds quite crash, but it's actually down to the fact that sometimes familiarity breeds apathy when you're trying to give your message. So it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. The, being able to train recruiters through osmosis of them being around you, mm. that, that's going to be a big, a big challenge. Um, does it mean that we need to be more data-centric in how we, how we run? Yeah, I mean, I think if you can't, yeah, absolutely. If, you, if, if, you've got, if you had a business where recruiters weren't using the CRM pro properly, then it's going to be, it, you know, it's not going to work for you. You've got to get people. And I think that um, one of the key things I think a lot of people miss out on is when they induct new recruiters or when they bring people on or, or even at the management level, they don't explain how important data is in their business and how they can use it for their benefit and just shape trends and knowing clients are recruiting and understand ratios and all of those things. So therefore, they don't use the CRM very well because they don't appreciate, they just see it as a, oh, I've just got to do this. But I think the minute the light, when it kind of reaches them, that they realize in their appraisals, when they can look at the evidence or they can look at trends with clients, that actually this is really going to help me be more successful, then you can get your recruiters using the CRM really well. Yeah. And, and when you're able to identify things that are working really well and, and, and recognize them for it, when they've, you know, improved or, you know, that you've grown a client by X percent or something like that. So I think... Absolutely, having the, the CRM, however you take the CRM, however you pull your data, whether you use a tool or directly from the CRM or et cetera, et cetera, it's got to be in the CRM to start with. So 100%. Um, and also people can take ownership of what, you know, if they can get their own data and can see the trends, they can then take ownership. And I think your one-to-ones and your management is, is quite different then. You know, when you're talking to your clients about their hiring plans, are people talking about next year's graduate intake? Is that, is that gone now? Are they thinking that potentially the, the next year's graduate intake is potentially the 100K furloughed recruiters that are, that are out there? In terms of the recruitment businesses, so people taking on, on trainees. Yeah, like I don't see, I don't think we're set up as an industry to take on trainees remotely and make that experience a, a really good experience this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be really challenging for people because I think... Um, the managers think, aren't skilled enough. Yeah, currently the market also demands relationships. You know what I mean? The, the kind of, uh, you know, I think it would be incredibly tough for a group of trainees to succeed in the current market. That's not to say they won't. And obviously as the market opens up a bit and things like that, there will be obviously opportunities. And potentially if I... So in answer to your question, the people I've spoken to are not going to take any trainees, at least this year. Mm. Um, they don't know about 2021 yet. No one's sort of really, I think everyone's trying to think about getting through this year, really. Um, and so, you know, potentially if you have a slightly different model, so if you were bringing a trainee on and you weren't, they weren't doing the full 360 model, then I think that could work in the future because obviously you, the training would be specific to that to, to the candidate side of things uh, and obviously with, with video technology you can join join interviews and you can do there's probably quite a lot but I think um, I think you need a trainer or certainly someone dedicated to them internally because you're going to want your managers billing and focusing on the billing consultants so I think you know if I was a recruiter you know my advice would be if you haven't got someone designated internally that could take on that 
you know six people or trainees that you were going to take you know take it on board then it's going to really pull your eye off the market because they're probably going to need a lot more investment because you're right you can't just sort of sit them in a room or say go and desk coach for so and so for two hours because yeah, no. that's not going to happen it it's going to be a really interesting process like i've i've had a remote team for five years um but they've mainly been on the sourcing administration side yeah as, as opposed to like bringing in business and yeah being, being completely client facing um and we've a we have a lot to learn ourselves in, in that but we've learned a lot of lessons on how to how to deal with them from an interpersonal way and mm -hmm. i can see already companies doing this the wrong way yeah some of them have like video screens on people the whole time and and things like that and i just think for well, me how, how uncomfortable would you make someone feel i mean it's bad enough kind of doing it on a like this space isn't it because you're still so aware of it but i think um, yeah no that, that that's crazy i think it all comes down to you know if you're a good manager you need to be talking to people about how do they want to be managed how are you going to get the best out of them when they're at home you know because they might have Obviously, children, they've got to homeschool. It might be that they have to work different hours. It might be that they have to work reduced hours and obviously to reduce salaries and things like that as well. Obviously, as a business, you can't afford to be paying people for time they're not working. So I think that, um, you know, you've got to get back to those management skills and those leadership skills. What's going to work best for, the, for those individuals? And so in the last couple of weeks, I've had a lot of recruitment founders reach out to me and they've said, mm. I'm going to consider good principal consultants remotely now yeah what why wouldn't they because they've seen you know they've seen actually they can survive and they can work and all right it's reduced demand but they yeah. can see that the, 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 you know the cogs are still turning what is the what does the recruitment business of the near future look like to you what a, how do you see that structure it's gonna are we gonna have offices we're we gonna have mixture what what, what do you see I think in the short term, obviously, a lot of people have still got, you know, quite big investments in commercial property and, and they've got big offices and resources. So I think naturally they'll be sort of um, eager to maybe get back to, to some kind of office environment. And um, I think that, um, you know, my husband has worked and obviously I've worked remotely, but I've worked, it was, was previously working obviously in, 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 a, in a bigger business, but, you know, he's worked um by himself and mentored people in different countries and stuff like that in, in a completely different market. So, so I think the whole gig economy and, and how, how the markets have changed will, will, I think, definitely have a big impact on recruitment. I think going forward, people will probably choose to have much smaller office space. They won't see the need to kind of have everyone working together at one time. And um, I think that, um, that you're right. You know, if I was in the same position as I was 10 years ago and I was thinking about Asia <laughs> and apart from the time difference which obviously is a clear one and I know obviously a lot of global businesses that incubate their businesses first but then generally try and have a hub but who's to say you wouldn't have you could have a hub but that person could be remote working they wouldn't need an office in New York they just live in New York because the time be very difficult it's difficult always to work different time sales you know for me for Spain working the Singapore hours it wasn't too proper too problematic because if you got up early you got half a day you know what I mean you, you got yeah. six to one but that wouldn't be great if that's the only time you could talk to clients and candidates yeah. so um, I think location wise people are going to you know are always going to be sort of better suited to be working whether it's in America across America or whatever yeah. but I think you're right I think we'll see a lot more businesses um, thrive 
in a remote um, environment and maybe it's a monthly or something management get together or different people or different mm. teams or something. Um, I do think though a lot of people, remote working works really well for some people, but for others, it, they can find it a bit demotivating and a bit challenging. Mm. So, um, so but again, I suppose then those types of people will gravitate more to the businesses that have more of an office environment, whether that is only two days a week or, you know to I mean, on, on a smaller scale. Yeah, it's so interesting. So you've been, I've been remote for five years and you've been remote for a considerable lot, amount of time. Yeah. And all of a sudden the world's just caught up. Mm. And it, it, it's, of course this was going to be the way, but yeah. I, I wasn't expecting it to happen this quickly. No, of course not. I don't think anyone, no one would have predicted that one. Suddenly, you know, 70% of the workforce are working from home. And I think the, uh, one of the surveys I read predicted something like 21% by 2020 or something like that, you know. So, um, yeah, huge, huge change. I um, did a poll on LinkedIn and it just, just yesterday, so it's had 350 votes and 65% of them um, want a remote job out of the recruiters well 100 percent remote 100 percent remote and, wow. I look at, and, and as you do as a rector i went through the backgrounds because our other business is going to do that and um, i went through it and i was like ha huh, didn't know he'd consider that oh didn't know she would consider that the and this is remote when things are rubbish like mm. you're not, not allowed out to enjoy yourself but uh and, it, and potentially you've got all your kids at home uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you another story about that another time. It's been yeah, a, yeah, me too. It's been an it's been an interesting one. So, yeah, I foresee I foresee the the remote thing. It was a it was a macro trend. It's it's, it's mainstream. Mm. And uh, also, you can be I I know you can be so much more productive. Well, you know, I I had my most productive days and weeks. I used to obviously go to Asia quite frequently. I think I did like six trips a year in most years. So I'd go for a couple of weeks at a time. I won't use your Ryanair expression, but I'd, I'd go in, dive in. <laughs> then, you know, be with the business a week in Singapore and a week in Hong Kong and, and come back exhausted. But, you know, they were really, you know, it was really wonderful to meet people face to face. It really was. And, it, and, and just the people you'd spoken to, and obviously quite often I'd be, be involved in the selection and the interview process and the hiring process, but then I wouldn't probably have as much to do with them. So, um, so that, you know, there's def there was a definite benefit of growing that relationship and bonding those sort of teams and getting them to, to know who I was and um, so um, but I think you know my most productive time and most creative time and coming up with really good ideas and things like that was working remotely because if you're a leader in a busy in an office or have got you know teams you know often that's why our team leaders used to want to work from home because they knew they could get so much done because obviously they didn't have the distractions. Um, you could wax lyrical on quite a lot of subjects um, mm -hmm. on the sales side and on the operations side but one area yeah. you're quite passionate about is the marketing area and you've, you've ran some major projects what what advice are you giving to startup recruitment firms in the stuff that they need to get done early on in from a marketing perspective sure 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 and um, i think the most important thing with any kind of new business or recruitment is you know it needs to start with your brand so what is your brand what does it stand for and that isn't just what's the logo you know that's the values that's the what do you, what do you want people to um say about you <laughs> and how do they how do you want them to describe your business and, and and once you sort of set that up then that sort of should flow through everything you do kind of all your communications obviously getting your website you know that that's that should be you know your sort of driver 
um, in terms of, you know, not traffic, but candidates and clients. So I think getting a re website right. Um, I think if I was a brand new business now, clearly having your website, some kind of email platform or automation platform, which is can plug into your CRM and your website. You mean so like that, a, mail, a MailChimp or something like that? Yeah, well, more MailChimp, you know, can't necessarily do the sort of automation. So Candidate ID is a good one. You might, you might have heard an of it. expensive one. <laughs> an expensive one. But there are lots of other ones yeah. that do, you know, and even if like saying you can't start off with an automation tool, but a lot of those automation email softwares, they're based on number of, you know, is on the number of emails you're sending. So if you're a small business, the cost can be manageable. Um, but I think um, certainly, yeah, getting your brand right and then, um, you know, making sure that your website and building, um, you know, building whatever channels you feel comfortable with. Obviously, you've got your podcast, which has worked really, really well for you. Other people, it might be a really strong content strategy, which obviously they should be using video now with. But I think you know, one of my clients I'm work, I've worked with for the past year, we did a big rebrand, they're a search business, so they don't have jobs on the website. And, and so it's very much, it's been like branding a product almost, you know, product branding rather than recruitment. So, um, and the, um, the content strategy is something we've really worked on. So they are seen as, you know, experts in their market and they don't, they don't need to rely on their partners going out to see clients that obviously that when you come and see see you know you come onto their website or you receive any of their comms their their, their expertise is, is demonstrated through that sort of high level content what um, does that high level content look like is that like well i think it's got to be niche you know niche whatever your specific markets are if you're niche in your markets you're going to have huge amounts of information and data available to you to produce to produce some kind of narrative and it can be really simple, but it's things that, you know, your decision makers in your businesses won't have access to. Mm -hmm. So I know the obvious one is kind of trend, market trends and, and benchmarking and salaries and things like that. But, but other things in terms of, you know, demands for job functions and things like that. If you're really niche in a market, you can start to see those or hear about them or the data is telling you, you, you suddenly got six roles in X, which you didn't have three months ago. And these roles are... Um, you know, people, we're not getting as many jobs on in these areas. So what's that, what's that picture telling you? Um, and obviously with a bit of research, you can kind of pull together something, you know, pretty unique fairly quickly. Um, so um, I think, yeah, a good, a good sort of content strategy and obviously working out, not trying to do everything, because if you try and do everything, you do nothing very well. <laughs> so, you know, trying to do the kind of the key things sort of well. And I think um, your marketing should be talking, you know, obviously everyone's always um, adding candidates to the database and, and, and adding new clients. So you need to get your marketing communicating to them on a regular basis from you, the owner, as it were, because you can't do that on a day-to-day -day basis. So you need your comms to sort of do that for you. What are you up to at the moment? Okay, so I am, obviously I'm at home and uh, enjoying the lockdown. Well, some days I am. Um, no, no, so obviously I've been, been in sort of lockdown and, and, and well, for the past year or so I've been doing, working with the selection of clients and I'm choosing to sort of work pretty much part-time, but it always turns into sort of most days. But yeah, so I'm not, work, I'm not working full-time and I'm working with selection of clients on different sort of projects, really. I mean, I really love, um, you know, helping people sort of do things better. So, you know, improving sort of operational efficiencies or I've worked on as I said the, the search business a big sort of rebrand project and um, another business I helped them with and um, they knew they wanted to do sort of marketing and um, sort of some kind of automation because they had a huge candidate base and, and the business they, they needed to manage that candidate 
more effective, more effectively, but they sort of didn't really know. So help them with sort of strategic thinking about how to go about it. So so different sort of projects really, and and um, and now I'm sort of rethinking because obviously most of that has been sort of face to face and remotely, but obviously going to businesses, you know. And I've met you at the when we were speaking at members only. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, so I um, I think I've worked in the morning then, and then I went to that one. So so I think it's I'm sort of rethinking how I can help you know recruitment leaders with my expertise in this sort of different sort of format and different kind of platform. And mm. um, because well, a lot of people haven't got resources, and money for for bigger projects and consultants right here, right now, understandably. And um, and um, you know, and I think that you know, hopefully, I've got quite a lot to offer in terms of you know quite challenging times because obviously I've worked through um you know different different recessions and have had to downsize upsize and all those kind of things that are you know challenging for business owners now do you think that looks like maybe a course or something like that or yeah what my, what my thinking is is that I would I want to sort of create a sort of peer-to-peer group sort of learning experience so maybe a sort of three-month course where we take sort of different modules that are looking at what are the sort of key challenges so you know what what one of the modules might be you know what shape should your business you know what what, what should your business look like in 2021 so we kind of you know go into the bonnet a little bit of you know maybe your sales proposition and and then and um, there'd be some learning modules and then also some kind of coaching with, with me to help them develop that plan what i'm good at is taking an idea and then breaking it down into sort of goals and tactics and sort of making it happen because most people have got the ideas they're just not sure how to get the idea here to a working model that's worth making money <laughs> um, and, um, and so that's what I think I can hopefully add it's well what changes or what ideas have you got and then how do you kind of implement them to make to you know to have you know best effect really for your business all right well I think that's us unless you have any questions for me no well tell me a little bit about so your new business so obviously there's the rec to rec side so the new business will be working in what, what markets and what are you thinking um, it'll lean towards technology. Yeah. However, and I'm going through a little bit of this with uh, with Andy. I, I do get attracted to very talented people, mm. and we've a couple of people at offer stage um, who are not quite in the tech space. So right. we will will hire some ta- some talented people in similar di- professional services disciplines. Sure. And. Um, but I think overall the, the focus will be to build up IT contract and that. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be fully remote. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to focus in on building their personal brand, launching podcasts for them, doing all those type of things that we've done in the Rector X space, um, pairing them with uh, uh, our sourcing team. Yeah. A lot of the heavy lifting. Um, uh, offering them equity from day one. So... The aim is to build something that sells in five to seven years. Yeah. Uh, whether that's an MBO or, you know, it's a, it's an event or however, however that materializes. Um, and really we're after people that want to build something and want to hire people beneath them. So what we don't with, want... Within the sort of framework, so they don't necessarily the don't do it themselves, but you can offer them that framework. Because I think there's a lot of talk about people now will just go and set up on their own. And yes, of course there will be, but I think you can't underestimate the brands that you go and the setup and the framework that a structure of a business gives you. 
And yeah. so, so I think that's, um, you know, having that is going to, is really beneficial for people. So when I was talking, I was talking to, uh, to a guy we're probably going to offer today. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, look, if you want to go out and set up a lifestyle business, just do that. And what you'll learn is what I learned over the last five years. Mm. If you want to come on for the next seven years, what you'll have is the structure that I've put around it. Um, and Andy Hallett's been helping us out every step of the way. Yeah. Um, pulling out whatever. Getting advice and input from those that have done it and seen it. Well, yeah. And he, what we wanted was that big business DNA. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to mix that with our creative way of doing business and mm. okay, I, I'm trained at Walters and I did my years there and stuff but what they don't really go through there is the entrepreneurial side of scaling teams very well and yeah. doing that new markets and that's what S3 do better than anybody and we wanted that bit in the in in our business yeah so really finding that's that's working out well for us um loads of interest um which is really exciting. And it's just about being really careful about who we partner with at the very start. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, because like anyone, you can't, you don't want, you don't, obviously you can't afford, but you don't want to guess it wrong. Um, and, and you know, the, the, the kind of people, you know, I joined um, PFJ, there's 12. So those kind of, those initial people you have that sort of become your leaders and stuff. And um, it doesn't always happen like that. It's much easier to get some from, and bring them on and develop them with you than bring someone at a senior level. You'll have heard that a hundred times anyway from, from your recruitment to recruitment days. It's, it's very it. hard to bring on leaders, you know, into businesses just because of culture and, and, and everything. <laughs> we found uh, we found this tool called Vested and uh, it is, it's like an online EMI scheme. So what happens is the person starts, the yeah. principal consultant, and you say, here's a portion of, of the shares of the business. And um, as your function grows, your billings grow and your teams grow, your, you, they can log in at any stage and they can see exactly where they're at in terms of the eventual event. And every time that they add on, they can see where they're at. If we get a, a level of investment, they can then see what it's worth then. Yeah. So what, what I found is when I spoke to, people that any life any 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 remote recruitment business has been too lifestyle focused and they haven't focused in on what the event or what the yeah. what the outcome is um, and what what's happened is they've lost their people all the time to i'll just do it myself because they haven't built around them and they've mm. got structure to do that yeah um, and then yeah, I, so I building them, teams remotely will be yeah will, will be different but it'll just be a different way to do it won't it um and yeah. um, honest with you you know most people as as we've talked about most people are going to be used to and have worked in this in that way for some time probably by the time you're building the teams and i also think like it's tough being in those offices you know like you know, i think there's tons of talent there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, really talented female recruiters that have gone on on maternity leave and then they've thought you know what there's nothing not for me in in this industry and they're the type of people like the, 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 the kids are now in nursery or whatever, and they're ready to get back. Yeah. Actually, they don't want to travel into an office, but they still want to be part of something scalable. Like that's who, that's the person that I don't want yeah. to leave the industry. Like what I yeah. don't want, 
at this stage and is a graduate business where we're taking people in from scratch and like no. the market's going to be hard now so it's really going to be like yeah, that, business level of, yeah that level of business maturity and, and and all of that it's going to be like i said before relationships and things like that and people can speak yeah absolutely it's going to be so important and i think there's um you're right that that there are lots of people we had um, a really good sort of return to work um, scheme at Aspire and a lot of our um, returning mums, you know, they didn't all come back obviously full time, but, you know, three and four days a week. And they were, so many of them were our most successful people <laughs> because, you know, they knew the finite amount of time they had. They had to make it work in that time, yeah. you know, and, um, and obviously, you know, they didn't have that luxury. Um, well, it's, all, it's lots of talk about four day weeks and things like that anyway, aren't there, prior to this, but you know, they, they didn't have the luxury of time. So I think, um, absolutely, I think that there's a, there's a wealth of kind of experience and knowledge that people, some people are tapping into, but not, and also people that might have some disabilities or whatever that don't want to do the traveling, but are absolutely very, you know, have got a great niche and subject matter experts that can do very well. We were really worried, well, sorry, we were worried first of off that before this that potentially there wouldn't be the talent available for it because nobody mm. really trialed it out and mm. all of a sudden the industry just gave us a hundred thousand test cases and mm. x amount of them now wanted this so, guy i can't remember the company's name but i will i did a thing with apsco and he was on it and um, so I wasn't on the panel. I just was one of the a delegate, you know, so otherwise I'd have remembered if I was on a panel with him. Um, but he ran, it was in Manchester and he ran a financial recruitment business. I'll have to find out who he is. And it was all remote and he'd been doing that for about five or six years. So, um, you know, and then, cause they were sort of saying, you know, how, how are you, you know, cause obviously you've been doing it a lot longer. And so, um, but you're right, they're very much in the minority. You know, I was actually quite surprised, but you know, yourself and I probably had a handful of people I know, apart from one man bands yeah. that have, he had, you know, a network, probably 18 or 20 people or something. Yeah. So it's a, it's going to be really interesting. Some of the, like one of the exercises that Andy's been getting us to do is to, you know, picture what that that end goal is and stay in the boat and i just have a habit of wanting to jump out out of the boat the whole time and so and then charlotte has a, ha a habit of throwing an anchor on the boat and so he's trying to he's trying to keep me in the yeah. boat and, and and keep that lifted so it's 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 a learning experience for us you're the creative like lots of shiny new things all the time <laughs> you've come across them before um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's a good combination. And also the most important thing is, is being aware, and obviously Andy's highlighting working with you, is being aware of your kind of weaknesses or areas that you can go a bit off piece that will take you, you know, a long time to get to the, you know, if you don't keep focused or what it was. But I think the most important thing is you get your plan right. And if you get your why and you get your plan, then you'll just fly with it. Mm -hmm. I think all the time when you're sort of in, the, you know, and I've been doing quite a lot of that last couple of months, that in, in that sort of indecision, well, shall I do this, shall I do that? It's very hard mm -hmm. to get any kind of traction because um, it's not that you can't do it or you're, you haven't got the capability. It's just that you're not 100% focused on, on what's the right tact. Yeah, so I, I'm... I'm 99% there. Mm. The bit that throws me off now is I don't want to just, like, I don't want to pass up on somebody who's exceptionally talented because they're not in technology. Yeah. It's because they could do something into a technology company. And that's yeah. why. And technology how runs through every, literally every, every, you know, industry now, doesn't it? You know what I mean? There's, you know, what you call traditional finance. Well, there's huge amounts of tech in that. Yeah. Obviously. So I think, 
it's a bit like saying you do digital or something because when when we first started and, and then sort of launched digital teams it was a separate section you know it was the online section well yeah. now it just is everything everything's digital so i think that's really kind of but obviously technology has got lots of niches as well but i think there is a sort of technology element and and you know the, the the cto is probably you know one of the most important facets in most business in large-scale businesses now so and um, i think um yeah yeah excellent interesting that's where we're at um where can people find you how can we how can we take part in your mentoring course that's going to happen okay well i think obviously i'm on linkedin una mcginnis but um, my email address is una at ufm talent so I think, um, obviously, if anyone wants to drop me an email, if anyone wants to discuss, you know, where their business is going now or just wants to have a chat or would like some kind of, you know, advice, um, then please, yeah, do, do, give, do get hold of me. And obviously, I'll be um, starting to kind of promote the, the online and peer-to-peer -peer learning thing soon. Okay, great stuff. Thank you so much. Well, thanks very much for Una for coming on the podcast. We have some great news. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not drop me a message and join our community? We have three different groups on the go at the moment. And we have one for people who are setting up their own recruitment agency and who want to. And that has only been launched yesterday. We have a group that's a week old now where there's lots happening and that is for boutique recruitment owners. So, you know, people who maybe have up to 50 in their business, um, but mainly uh, the majority of people are directors of recruitment companies around the world. So it's kind of a blend between those two worlds. And then we have a group for the big boys at the very top of the tree. So that group is really for enterprise level CEOs and founders who have scaled well north of 50, well north of a lot of them north of 100 and there's quite a few top level investors. So the chat is kind of different in the different groups that we have. So if you want to drop me a message let me know what you're kind of interested in learning about. We can figure out the appropriate uh, the appropriate place for you. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been great getting to know people who've been listening to the podcast and uh, and then sharing information from all the people who are into you know have a growth mindset and really into their uh, their strategy and want to want to build better businesses regardless of the size. All right, hope you enjoy it. And uh, do reach out to me.